Welcome to Shared Insights, the podcast from BA Insight. My name is Pete Wright, and I'm thrilled to welcome back to the show Christian Buckley. Welcome, Christian. Well, thanks for having me again. Now, our regular listeners will remember Christian. He's founder and CEO of Collab Talk, six-time Microsoft MVP, and he is here today to share with us news of note around a major hybrid SharePoint research project he conducted in partnership with grad students at the Marriott School of Management at Brigham Young, designed to give us a better understanding of the landscape of organizations actively pursuing hybrid SharePoint. Now, Christian, as we record this, the results of this project dropped yesterday. They did, yep. Yeah, it's pretty exciting, right? You've got to be filled with relief and... and I'm I'm tired, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, excited (laughs) for the sleep to come. Before we dig into some of the specific insights, uh, tell us the story behind this initiative. What were you trying to answer with this research? Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting for those that are in the SharePoint space and and work with hybrid and know that this is... It's not like this just popped on the scene in the last year or so that's years back working for uh, another SharePoint ISV as we started to see uh, the uptick in interest around Office 365 and and you know SharePoint as part of the Office 365 platform and SharePoint Online, that there were a lot of questions about uh, parity between what is you know online and on-prem, and and while uh, you know initially Microsoft was very gung ho on you know we're all in on the cloud and you must be in the cloud and you're a fool if you don't you know aren't looking at your cloud strategy, but the reality is that there was a disconnect. Um, certainly within uh, the the sales and marketing message coming out of Microsoft, but a lot of confusion where I think there were over-eager salespeople that were out and saying, of course you can do everything that you're doing on-prem in the cloud, which just simply wasn't the case. And so here we are, fast forward, Microsoft is learned from a lot of those messaging mistakes, um, but uh, there is still not 100% parity between on-prem and online. And even when there is parity, it's fairly close. And there, there are new differences now where Microsoft is focused on developing that, you know, that cloud-first, mobile-first uh, experiences. Uh, and I think most people are familiar now as we've uh, you know gone through this uh, with a couple revs uh, with different features that, uh, you know, there are things that are that don't make sense for on-prem that are developed out for the cloud. And, and there will also be features that are developed for those that are still on-prem that won't be out in the cloud because it, it just doesn't make sense. But the messaging is getting better. I think the cadence of the release of those features are better. However, what we didn't have then was any data around where are those gaps? Where are people still struggling today? Uh, where should they be aware? Because ultimately, it's not good for people to be in the dark. And for, it, it helps Microsoft from a sales and marketing perspective. It helps ISVs and consulting companies, SIs, uh, as well to understand, hey, here are opportunities for us to go and do more, build new products, provide more services to fill these gaps. And it helps for customers to understand kind of the state of hybrid so that they know, you know, again, they're not going in wide-eyed, uh, you know, uninformed about what is actually possible or where they may have difficulties. It's always good to look and see, hey, it's not just us struggling with this aspect of our environment, and I can better plan and build my strategy because I understand where those gaps are and what my options are for moving that forward. So that was really kind of the genesis of this is to provide some definitive data around the size, the scope, the gaps 
uh, the opportunities for hybrid. Everybody pretty much knew that Microsoft was moving in this direction. They were bullish on on you know moving right. uh, to the cloud, and and that BA Insight and other ISVs like them also were had sort of moved that way. Um, what's your uh, perspective as you're talking to ISVs and, and partners uh, about their take on the research um, that, that now that they're seeing it? Well, yeah, it, so it's it's interesting. I think it, I don't. It's not that there were any real surprises in how people responded. What's what's uh, it is you know trying to put some scientific accuracy behind the percentages of the community uh, that are being affected by some of the various topics. Um, that that's what was more interesting there. But uh, you know, you from an ISV perspective, you know, in particular, there there is a certain amount of hey, look, these are features, these are things which we can do, which make sense for the people's you know environments today. But there almost needs to be this working together of of vendor and customer to understand hey, this is where it's going. You know, what are those kind of future gaps? Again, those opportunities in you know the future where where. We don't have product today. We don't have services today, but we see this because Microsoft is moving this direction that there's increasingly there's these needs. I mean, I'll put in that category. There are things that we just don't fully understand yet about where there may be opportunities around search or around you know governance and administration and reporting. There's a lot of fantastic stuff that's coming out in Office 365. So then there's the question of, okay, yeah, but what of those things light up and those things that are impacted by hybrid? What else can we do to fill those gaps? Where, you know, what are... There, there are great features that are being... Uh, you know, around, like, the, the personal analytics is a great example, which... Uh, are limited in the scope of the data that they go and look at. They're not drawing from, uh, you know, just automatically from those hybrid for those on-prem components. It's from those online-only components. So what can a partner do to go and help fill in those gaps? I mean, we, we just don't know what we don't know. And so by having data like this and understanding, hey, 60% of environments, you know, will, you know, of, of, you know Customers that are moving towards hybrid are experiencing this issue. Hey, there's an opportunity for for us to go in and and solve that. Here's how we're going to do that. So let's talk a little bit about the nuts and bolts of the survey itself. How'd you go about it? Yeah. You worked in in partnership with BYU and, and and Microsoft as a sponsor. Yes, so they are actually the lead sponsor, the platinum sponsor of it. Yeah, it, I mean, it, this thing started out with it was an idea. So it was actually uh, last fall. Uh, so I had moved my family from the Seattle area to the Salt Lake uh, area, and I did part of my undergrad at, at BYU back in the 80s. And uh, so went down just to kind of establish a relationship and got into conversation with the gentleman who runs uh, essentially the on-campus internship program with the, uh, the, the the business school there, which is a, you know, a, a, a top 25 ranked uh, program there. One of the leading marketing programs in the country. I think it's even in like the top five or the top three for the marketing side. Um, but just had this conversation. It was just more kind of a general interest. And as talking about these ideas of things that I'd love to go and do, it was just kind of this, hey, this is a topic that I've been talking about for years, and there's no data, and just kind of, you know, 
probing Microsoft, like, hey, are you going to go do something similar? And they said, well, hey, we have this program to go and do these field research things using graduate students that are interested there. And and uh, so it just kind of came together. I ended up going to uh, at the, the MVP Summit, which Microsoft has annually for uh, you know SharePoint Office 365 and all of the other you know MVPs around the world kind of uh, you know, come together annually on campus there in, in Redmond, Washington. And and I just floated this idea to Jeff Teeper and Dan Holm and a few of the uh, other uh, you know leadership there with the SharePoint OneDrive team. And Jeff responded right away and was like, yeah, awesome. We definitely need this. It's a gap. Like, let's do it. Talk to Dan. Make it happen. Dan saw it and said, you know, Dan Holm, like, Yes, we need to do this. Like we're on board. It's like, but the person who needs to own it from our side is Bill Barron. I just don't want to commit his time because he's a busy guy. Uh, and, and Bill Bear being, uh, you know, uh, one of uh, my former peers when I was at Microsoft and been in this space, and he's been one of the most vocal throughout SharePoint's history of uh, the hybrid topic. And he saw it and said, yeah, I've got a lot going on, but let's do this. And so it just kind of came together very quickly, kicked off in January. Uh, and it was actually a uh, the way that they do the program is that they uh, the, the professors, because there's a couple faculty advisors that are uh, a part of this, but the students actually kind of uh, show their interest and and then they're a team is selected. And my understanding is that almost everybody is part of the MBA program, like raise their hands, like, yes, want to be part of this this program, uh, part of this project. Uh, and so we, we kind of picked the team and put it together and kicked that off. Uh, you know, it was the, just we, we put a plan together. The team went out and did about seven, eight hundred hours of research. Uh, there was a survey that was open for 30 days as part of that, uh, uh, you know, uh, that primary research to go and actually survey customers and partners and uh, MVPs and other influencers. Uh, there were about a hundred different interviews, one-on-one -on -one interviews that were also conducted there. Uh, and then a lot of secondary research. Microsoft did some internal only studies. There were other reports done by like SolarWinds. There, there's uh, some great uh, data that was out there that was more kind of generically cloud-focused versus SharePoint. But that's part of what makes this very different, unique, is that our focus on the hybrid topic was SharePoint only. So we didn't go in there. Like Microsoft had done this massive six-month internal marketing study on cloud adoption, and there were only two questions on SharePoint where that was our entire focus. Um, so that's that's what makes this different, makes this valuable, and and it's I think I should point out too that it's you know the day the reports are being offered, it's being offered by all of the sponsors of the program, so you can get it in a number of different places, but it's free, so it's uh, you know go and fill out a form and download that, but we're not charging for the information because we really do look at this while we had paid sponsors that that funded the project because it was the time and you know involvement with the school it wasn't free and all of the resources that they had access to um however for uh for customers for people that are interested in viewing the report yeah it's completely free and open just to uh go and download a copy and we will put links to uh, appropriate links to get that in the show notes. Let's talk then about some of the surprises that came out of it. Uh, it you know, we'll, people I'm sure will uh, who are interested will dig through the details of the report. But things that, as uh, you know, as the the researcher yourself, 
things that really jumped out at, at you as key learnings? Well, it was what's cool about this experience too is that we had um, and we went through and, and cleaned up you know, this. And those that have done surveys that they know that this number is actually kind of impressive. But we had just under 630 respondents to this survey that was actually out for op- open for only 28 days. Um, so that's pretty incredible. And 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 it was only I think about 35 percent that were U.S. based. So everything else, we had a great inter- international response. I mean, you know, Pete, you've done this kind of stuff too. You know that that is a one, a big number for that short of a survey. And then to have, you know, primarily outside of the U.S. responses like in that numbers, it's pretty impressive. So we're very happy uh, with that. Now, is that, is that 630, that represents individual, like, uh, you know, data owner responses or companies? Those, those are individuals. We had actually five of those 630, and we did some cleaning, some other scrubbing there. So those are, uh, you know, verified individuals. But we sure. had those, those people were across 510 companies. So we and we actually, as part of our analysis, we work closely with uh, Tigraph. I know you guys know you know Tigraph as well. Good mm-hmm. friends, you know MVPs over there. John White went in and actually did their use did their Tigraph tools. We use Power BI to slice and dice the data. So we actually looked at the data by number of responses, but then we also normalized the data for if we had three people from one com- company respond, normalized that data and looked at it at a per company uh, response rate as well. It didn't change significantly on those. Um, it gets a little more interesting when you dive into like, uh, look at the data by company size. Um, but, uh, you know, we, it was also across, I think, 54 different countries represented in those results. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, it was just nice and, and broad response there. But, uh, but as far as other takeaways, I mean, the other things that we attempted to do, uh, Microsoft doesn't publish the revenue from SharePoint. So we can't see, except for general statements that have been you know, made out there over the years, really how big the, the size of you know SharePoint and licenses sold and all those kinds of things. So we had to go out and make some, you know, based on those public statements. And we did verify public statements just to make sure we had the latest public statements um, from Microsoft, but looked at the uh, uh, just the, the the progression, the size of the you know, the number of licenses, the number of active users, the the volume of uh, you know the the sales numbers, the data that has been shared, and we projected that in the next three years, so by 2020, that the size of the SharePoint space, like the pie continues to get larger, mm-hmm. um, it's that's going to grow by 1.4 billion dollars. Wow. So for those that are wondering, hey, we're, we're not hearing much about SharePoint. Is SharePoint as a category going away? No, it is not. What we do know is that the number of net new installs of SharePoint continues to go up. It's not the hockey stick it used to be, but that the you know SharePoint is still winning fans, winning new customers, uh, and that we also know that now the the size of hybrid, hybrid is becoming the primary strategy for organizations focused on SharePoint. Um, so, it, it, which, th- this is part of where the, I would say that the, the, uh, the, the impetus for this um, 
for this research and frustration with Microsoft a couple of years back. They've been great the last uh, two, three years in building out and focusing on you know building content and help around features specifically for hybrid environments. There's a lot of data that's out there now, but two, three years ago, there wasn't. And we were frustrated that you know that, that there was this lack of understanding of by Microsoft of what customers really wanted and needed. Customers that had spent you know, a, a decade or, or, or similar, you know, five to seven years or more, and who knows how many, you know, dollars and, and people dedicated to that on-prem and building out and customizing it and building it to meet their needs. Now, suddenly we're being told, oh, jump over to the cloud where there's not parity. They lose all of the customizations. They like all of the work that they've done. That's where Microsoft's understanding shifted and changed, and that was again like why, why this is valuable to say like well, um, you know, organizations that have made all these investments, you don't have to just walk away from all of those investments you've made, but there are ways for you to go and start leveraging the the built for the cloud capability, and Microsoft is, you know, they woke up to this. Let's be honest, they, yeah, they yeah, did right. wake up and realize. It makes more sense. I think that the marketing spin was brilliant on their part where they, they started talking about pulling down cloud experiences to your on-prem environment. Uh, and so the, the ability to go out, like I had a customer, great example, had a customer two years ago that, uh, you know, that was in the healthcare industry um, based in the Pacific Northwest was very skeptical of moving uh, key data out to the cloud, and yet they wanted to take advantage of a lot of the Power BI capability. They ended up looking at considering a solution that was um, drawing a subset of the data from their on-prem environment, pushing it out into the, the leadership team. So you're talking about less than 100 people across thousands of employees that needed access to these reports, but that they were pulling out on a daily basis data from the on-prem and then had set up and in Office 365 this subset of this data and then building all of the uh, Power BI capability, had real-time information being fed into that, um, utilizing that against this daily feed uh, updates from these these older systems. And so they were able to leverage the best of both worlds, um, maintain their, you know, all the concerns around security and control over that massive amounts of data, and yet meet their growing needs to be able to go in and analyze that data and tie that to other real-time data, data points. So um, they were just looking at that was just a reporting solution, but there's certainly, you know, plenty of other things that you can go and build around that. But that's a great example of you know, companies that are starting to realize, hey, I, I don't have to go and incur this cost of rec recreating everything. There may be ways that we can leverage both and get that return on investment of what we've already built until that plays out. That's that old, you know, that that, that old operational versus the, uh, uh, you know, the what, you know, what are they, the the monthly cost of a service versus the the infrastructure that I'm managing, and give me another two three years to be able to slowly migrate off of that that infrastructure over into the cloud. But in the meantime, give me the functionality that I need to uh, provide value. You know, it's it's fascinating to see the results, as you say, of of Microsoft taking ownership again of the message, which I think arguably is one of the reasons that there were 
people were so frustrated with them two or three years ago. Um, you know, those results seem to be playing out in the research. Uh, when you look at, I know one of the things that surprised some folks around here is just how prevalent team sites are in hybrid and how little extranets are cited uh, in in the results. Can you comment on that? Well, yeah, I mean that's that's interesting. Look, I, I've got a lot of thoughts about that and and uh, you know using. Uh, SharePoint as an extranet solution is a completely different discussion because I think that part of what is that I don't think that's like a reflection on SharePoint. I mean, okay, let's be honest, it is, but uh, right. you know, <laughs> there there are so many other options that are out there now. I mean, the improvements made around uh, OneDrive for Business and using that. I mean, I'm I, I, I use that every day, every customer, every partner that I work with. There's a shared folder where we are moving assets, you know, in, between those things. Sometimes, and this is where you see some of the growth happening with SharePoint online, so SharePoint in the cloud, where it's really more of a service that's being accessed. But now you have changes like uh, – like I, so I, I love Yammer as an extranet solution. That is my choice when I need to go and pull multiple people together from different companies and have the conversation, the collaborative activity, but do it quick and easy as Yammer. Well, one of the downsides to Yammer has been that when you share what is a secure file and conversation, everything that's in SharePoint, well, I need to go share it over in Yammer because that's where the social activity is having that collaborative extranet capability. Now I've got that piece of IP in two different locations. Well, with you know the, the updates to Yammer and with the push that Microsoft's been doing around Office 365 groups, we know that when I share a file now in Yammer that it's actually being shared in a, you know, that through groups, it's being shared in SharePoint. So I can be confident that the security is there, the governance, the management, the visibility, all the permission levels that I need to be there around that content are intact for those Yammer conversations. Um, so that the increase of using Yammer, of using Teams, of to some degree, uh, the, the Outlook groups, that conversational, you know, again, it's all leveraging groups. It's all within, you know, SharePoint Online, but all of those other ways of going and interacting with external teams have kind of uh, uh, lessened the need to go through some of the pain historically of creating, uh, you know, an extranet solution, you know, using SharePoint. Um, but I mean, there, like that, like I said, that that's a longer conversation around mm -hmm. that. But I think that has attributed to why we see less of a use case there and need because there's all these other options. I'd be remiss, uh, given our, our role in the field, to ask your thoughts on search and how search fits into the hybrid SharePoint picture. Um, any insights from the results there? Well, there, you know, there there are some. As you go through and we we kind of break out where you know some of the trends and what people are talking about, where they see uh, alignment, um, you know, where where they're really focused. Um, and in searches, you know, I'd, I'd say so. Looking at like the features currently used on hybrid, if you've got a copy of the report, it's actually on uh, page 17, figure 11, where it goes through and says, well, you know, number one feature used at 68% across existing, uh, you know, hybrid usage. Um, single sign-on is number one at 68%. You know, OneDrive for business at 66%. So going down to search is in the sixth place. 
but it's at, what is it, uh, 64%. So it's not far off from that top number. So 64% of organizations that are doing hybrid today um, are focused on search. Well, then if you go down and look at where they're focused in the future, um, you know, that there's a, a, a you know, single sign-on drops down to the number eight or nine spot and search remains right there in the middle. It's one of those things where uh, it works. Um, it's, it's, in fact, there was, you know, people say, hey, well, there, weren't, there wasn't hybrid when, you know, hybrid in 2007, 2010 environments, there's no hybrid. Well, technically there are. In fact, there's guidance out on Microsoft sites of being able to go and create a hybrid search accessing um, data from 2007, especially 2010. There's more data that's out there. It's it's limited, but Microsoft went backwards and created some of those links and single sign-on and search being the two key areas that you want to be able to tie in for those organizations that still have those older versions of, of, of SharePoint. Um, but to answer the question, Pete, uh, you know, it's still smack in the middle of where people say they're focusing, um, not because it's not important, because I think some of the anecdotal data, they talk about you know, the search aspects, but just because it's one of the most mature areas of hybrid for SharePoint. Uh, and so I think there's a higher level of confidence that people understand, no, I can go and, you know, and, and hook up these other systems, these other file shares and other things and make that searchable within my, my environment. It's not an area that people are, you know, uh, um, you know, worried about, like, you know, am I going to be able to go and do these things? It's, it's fairly solid there. As we uh, get to wrapping up here, when you think about this whole yeah. process, uh, uh, any any personal uh, favorite insights or stories about, uh, about you know, bringing this data together and, and things that you learned that surprised you? Well, it's, I mean, it's always good to go and, again, some of the anecdotal uh, information that's not within the report, which is the, you know, the data-driven, the, the, the all up. But over the next couple months, um, you're going to see some of that uh, rich detail kind of come out, some of the, uh, the war stories uh, that we're going to try and share there, um, where we're going to be able to go and look at some of the differences between company sizes and, and really focus like a piece on here, the, the issues, because there are differences. Companies that are under, you know, 200 employees have different experiences. There's some different data points of what is, uh, what's the priority for them than those that are over 10,000 seats. Um, I, I, like I said at the beginning, I don't think that there were necessarily surprises um, because for those of us that have you know talked about lived and breathed within this world, uh, you know it, what it does is it puts firm numbers around it. But being able to go in and look at um, where customers by company size, by region, the issues that are impacting them. Um, it was, it, it, it's great to put numbers around that and then be able to go and better address a couple of those things, which I think uh, um, maybe are higher up on the list than we thought. I, I mean, I thought search would be up at the top of that, um, but, you know, going and looking at, you know, some of the, the areas where people are going to go and grow out their environments, um, and uh, and being able to address that by company size, uh, you know, the number one feature to be used in the future uh, is auditing. 
It's mm. at the top of the list where organizations are concerned about their ability. And this is a key part of that governance story. And, and that's something that it proved out what I've been saying for years is that, you know, it's a hybrid. Like people have this idea that, well, I own all these tools. I've got dashboards built. It's like, right. So have you now gone and built that out to support two systems? Because Microsoft does not provide a unified dashboard across all of those environments. You could have multiple farms. You could then have even now their customers that have multiple tenants in Office 365. So there, there's a lot of complexity there, and there are commonalities for sure, but your tools that you're using likely don't work across all of those things. And so seeing auditing at the top of that list um, and extranet is number two, by the way, uh, of the features to be used on hybrid in the future. Uh, so in the next three to five years, but to see auditing as number one, that was validation to, to everything that I've been talking about the last four or five years around hybrid. Mm -hmm. So it's just great to put the data around it and talk to that. And I think we have, we have, uh, a, you know, confidence in the percentages of the, the impact around these things. So, um, definitely worth taking a look at. Well, and I, I'm sure it has given you just the nugget of insight that you need to start specking out your next major research project already. I, I know that that you're ready to go. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's uh, <laughs> there's already there's already plans in the works. There's uh, yeah, there's there's actually one of the sponsors of this one. I won't say yet. There's not announcements around it. It's not scoped out. Um, but there's going to be one that'll be happening in this fall where we're actually then taking a slice of this, using this as a baseline and going deeper into one aspect. So yeah, there's there's definitely uh, interest in doing something similar, and that's part of what my company Collab Talk. Uh, does so any organizations that are interested in doing similar research efforts um, you know please reach out that's uh, that's that's what I'm doing now I'm I'm very excited about uh, doing additional research partnering with uh, with BYU there's a, we're actually looking at adding another uh, university into the mix mix with another specialization uh, and uh, and doing this as a uh, regular thing where should we point people to uh, for the quickest access to the work that you're doing obviously collab talk we have links in the show notes get the survey you can get it from the sponsors and I'm sure you have links over at your site as well exactly it's it's the you know the, the, the shortened url i've got a landing page that's out there it's just uh it's it's hybrid hyphen uh sp dot .com. But, but you know that we we had 15 different sponsors of this research and all of them will be promoting uh this link or their own link so you'll be able to find it in multiple places out there in fact if you go out to redmondmag.com jeffrey schwartz did a uh, an article uh kind of a summarized some of the points that he pulled out of it uh went out live yesterday as well so you're gonna be able to find it in multiple places Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, swipe over on your show notes and your podcast player of choice, and you'll see all of those links that I'm sure will take you uh, into uh, into the data. Uh, this is great stuff. You can find more from Christian Buckley over at, uh, at Collab Talk and at his site, BuckleyPlanet.com. Uh, Christian, thank you so much uh, for your time and attention today, and we'll have you back to have that extranet conversation uh, in all the right. future. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, Pete. And, uh, and sorry, Jeff couldn't be here, but you know, it's, know. it's equally fun without him. We'll just, there should we tell him that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much on behalf of Christian Buckley. I'm Pete Wright, and uh, we'll catch you next week right here on Shared Insights, the podcast from BA Insight.